Hello, and welcome to this episode of Soul Quest with Kathleen Kastner. We talk about so many things in this podcast about uh, her journey into yoga, which is an amazing story that involves Deepak Chopra. So you might want to tune into that if you're a fan of his. She talks about you know what happened when she let go of dairy, what she saw in her body, which I thought was pretty amazing. Uh, we talk about um, the bad habits that she let go of when she found yoga, just naturally kind of fell away from her life. We talk about her two books that she's written, um, her Bodhi Tree retreat in Costa Rica. She does her retreats at Bodhi Tree with her husband. It's a yoga and surfing retreat that actually is a week before uh, the Be the Change retreat that Cisco and I are hosting in Costa Rica. So you could technically go to both if you want a long vacation in the amazing Costa Rica. She talks about her experience at Emiloa, where we, Cisco and I, are holding our retreat. So if you want to hear about her experience there, please tune in. There's so much packed into this. Oh yeah, we talk about you know her vegan cooking channel on YouTube, which is really amazing. She's a great teacher. She's just an amazing soul, and I am just loving meeting all these amazing people. This is so fun, and just talking about meaningful things in life and how we can all live you know, our best life in our own specific journey, our own specific pathways. It's just, oh, I love it. It fills me up, fills my soul. So if you love this podcast, please share it with a friend. Please give us a review. All of this support really helps keep us going. If you know anyone that you think should be on our podcast, send them our way and we'll check them out. We're always open to new people and new stories. Enjoy this episode. Welcome everybody to Soul Quest episode 31. I am here with my new friend, Kathleen. I'm so excited to connect with you today. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm so excited to get to know you. So what? where in California are you located? I live in Encinitas, which is northern San Diego. Okay. Oh, nice. Yes. And I've only lived here six years. I'm really from the Midwest. I'm from Kansas. And uh-huh. okay. I live in Kansas and Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri for most of my life. Okay. All right. So you're a new Californian. Yeah, it's kind of a long story. It's my third time to California since I was like 24. I, I came after college. I actually lived here in this area. And then I lived in Santa Monica. And then I went to Kansas City. And then I went back to Santa Monica. It's a long story. This is my third time I met my husband in Santa Monica um, about, gosh, 14 years ago. Okay. So, um, and nice. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, I'm very grateful. I think it's for life this time. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) All right. We'll get, yeah, we'll get into that, um, that part of your journey. But um, I, so I came across Kathleen on Instagram because you were at Emiloa Institute over a weekend. And I, I, I added, I started following you and I noticed that, and, and by the way, Emiloa is where Cisco and I are hosting our retreat next March. Kathleen happened to be there. I started following her because I saw her amazing videos from there. And, and then I saw that you had this vegan cooking channel, which I started watching a little bit of it. And I was like, this is just what I need. I need somebody to give me recipes because it's so hard for me to stay plant-based because I get so burnt out of trying to find new things to eat. <laughs> 
So it was perfect timing. And I thought, wow, it's like I got an angel sent to me or something. <laughs> I'm happy to be your vegan angel anytime. <laughs> it was perfect timing. So I reached out to you recently because I just felt a calling to you. And I just feel, even though we never met, I just, I know that we were meant to meet. So here you are on my podcast. So yeah. Cisco, Cisco, I host this, my partner, I host this uh, podcast with him and he's actually in California. He just arrived in California on a train. He's about to ride his bike all the way down the Pacific coast from San Francisco to San Diego, well, Tijuana, and then back up to LA. <laughs> That is oh, yeah. part of your interview with him and I was hearing about that incredible journey all the way to Tijuana that's going to be amazing I know yes he's done he's done a bike ride from Houston Texas to uh Colorado I can't remember the city and he said that was so hard and he was ready to not ever do that again but I think California will be a different different view for sure yeah being on the coast hopefully will Keep him inspired. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Keep him going. Really fit. I don't do any kind of long distance cardio, so I'm super, I'm impressed. Yeah, I know it's so impressive. So anyway, all right. Well, Kathleen, tell it. So you grew up in Kansas. What was your childhood like? Um, well, I actually was had a really blessed childhood. I I am adopted, which I think is sometimes interesting because. In my life, I really haven't met that many people who are adopted, mm -hmm. but I, I had a really an amazing adoption story. I was adopted before I was even born. So my mom's um, never met because I was born in 68 and that wasn't happening back then. Everything was closed, but th they shared the same gynecologist and my mom was trying to get pregnant who raised me and had had my sister four years ago before me and then my birth mom was um, in high school. She was a senior and obviously not wanting to, to be a mom yet. She wanted to go to college and had plans. So it really worked out amazing. To be honest with you, I don't think my parents even knew the gender, which I think is very brave because you know a lot of people don't do that anymore. So yeah. I, I was adopted, raised in Kansas and I really, to be honest with you, had kind of a beaver cleaver household. My parents were married for 46 years until my dad passed and um you know no no family dramas in fact nobody was talking about anything so <laughs> you know which you know that that could have its whole set of issues too but but i will say you know being adopted for me and, and then when i did get my birth certificate i saw that i i did sit in the hospital for the first 10 days which i didn't know i thought i just went home right away so i thought Oh, wow. Well, those are kind of some informative 10 days of my, <laughs> but it helped me like understand because I always felt home when I was alone. Like I liked being alone. I still like being alone. And even though there was only four in our little nuclear family, I still, my mom said, I always wanted to go up to my room or go outside. I was still kind of always, unfortunately, shunning the family unit. And I don't know why. And I, I intentionally chose to never have kids. I thought if I would have them, I would adopt them probably from another country or I ended up not having any because my husband had a boy and a girl when he met him. So I do think like that somehow being adopted, it, it's definitely not conscious. I will say that I probably uh -huh. need to have some rebirthing, you know, um, procedure uh -huh. where you go back and see, but um, uh -huh. yeah. So I feel like 
even though I'm socially, I can be very outgoing. My soul is most comfortable when it's when I'm by myself mm-hmm. or with my cats or and with God. I, I love God very much and very spiritual. So um, I do think that helped shape my childhood. I'm very different than my family, but I also know that it was perfect. Like, wow. you know, like I have to trust that that's who I was supposed to be with. Right. And, um, so you know, I'm very lucky that it was, it was stable. My father had a, his own company, you know, there were no, like I had all my, you know, root chakra needs met. I had food, I had shelter, I had love, you know, so wow. I was really lucky. And I, I went to college in Kansas at KU. Cause for me, that's just what you did. You didn't really. <laughs> and then after grad school, I did move here where I live now, ironically. <laughs> 24, I just kind of jump shipped with a, a childhood friend and it was probably the best thing I ever did, even though it was really, really hard because it was just so different than anything I'd ever experienced. And, um, but it led me to finding yoga Wow! because I found yoga. Um, I've said this before on other podcasts recently, I found my job in 1993 in the yellow pages. And I was an exercise physiologist. That's what I'd gone to school for. So I was working for a hospital in a center for sports medicine. And above me was a center for mind-body medicine. And so um, Dr. Deepak Chopra came down one day to my job that I had to be there at 5 a.m. Cool. Right out of college. Yeah, it was cool. I didn't know who he was, but my boss knew who he was. And was <laughs> like eking around. And um, long story, he, he wanted a trainer. So I became his trainer and ended up helping him put a gym in his home for him and his wife. And I really got to know them, started going to his lectures, reading his books. And he wasn't doing yoga asana and, and I wasn't either, but his staff uh, members were. And I took my first class from one of his staff members. Wow. And it literally, and it was gentle yoga and it about killed me. Because <laughs> I had only done cardio and weights. I mean, I knew nothing else but the gym. I had no idea. I went to stretch and I left, you know, kind of silently tearing up in Shavasana. And I thought, wow, there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. So I just kept going back and, and then my whole life just changed. Wow, that is fascinating. Yeah. So again, I feel like the universe, I was supposed to meet Dr. Chopra and yeah. I've been teaching yoga for 24 years. I had a yoga studio in Kansas City for for 16 of those years. And it just like everything. I met my husband in yoga, like everything in my life got better when I started practicing yoga daily, not just the once a week was where I started for a year. And then, then it was like four times a week. And then I got into Ashtanga yoga and then it was like six days a week. And then that's when like real shifts started happening. I, I partied a lot. I'm very open about that. And so a lot of my bad habits, thank you, God, <laughs> it went away naturally. I never said, hey, I'm going to quit drinking or, or smoking. I'm going to quit coffee. You know, I just never even, it just happened. And I'm so glad that it happened organically. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it was like my higher self just like, it was like this force shield, just shoom, like, you know. Mm-hmm for me and it didn't happen all the first year I wish it had but yeah you know um there's a saying by Emmy Lou Harris the singer addictions hold on tight like a glove 
And boy, my mind was pretty strong-willed. <laughs> so I knew that like tap, 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 you know, it's kind of the devil angel on your shoulder. <laughs> and I would just keep going. I'm fine. I'm fine. But, uh, but then in, in time, like I wasn't fine and I needed to stop, but it just happened. Like it just didn't taste good anymore. I didn't want to do that to myself. And so my life would be very, very different if I yeah. had started a, a daily yoga and meditation practice because meditation came shortly after. That is amazing. That, that's like a message for everyone. I think when you, when you find yoga, you're really finding your, your relationship with your, your soul, you know? And so when you're finding that, it was like all of the other things that were bad for you just kind of fell away. If more people could do it that way, you know, cause it seems like a lot of people with addiction, they struggle so hard letting it go. And when they do let it go, then they find God or their spirituality but you kind of find, found it first and it just kind of fell in place. Like, yes, I think, like truly the best thing there is because, and, and talk therapy works great for a lot of people, but some people, when I was working in weight loss and we could have just talked to them blue about the importance of diet and exercise and some would get it and run with it, but most of, most of them needed some deeper skills. And then I started teaching yoga and everyone was just dropping weight before my eyes without even wanting, wanting to, you know, it just, wow. it just started happening. So, um, I did write a book and just show you. Oh, that. amazing. I wrote a book called, oh, excuse me, Yoga's okay. Path to Weight Loss. Oh, cool. Yoga's Path to Weight Loss. All right. Mind, body, spirit guide to loving yourself lean. And the main reason I wrote it was because as an exercise physiologist, I saw way more people lose weight and change their lives, not just weight, but change their lives. I did um, when I was teaching yoga, then when I was in the fitness industry, personal training and stuff. So again, I just believe like when you align your mind with divine mind, universal mind, whatever name resonates with you your life's going to change and it's great because it's not like you sat down with a therapist and started talking about it. Yeah, that is such, this is such an important thing because I feel like, especially with teenagers, you know, they're missing a lot of them. I know I was missing that connection to the divine. You know, my parents wanted me to go to church and all that. And I had that, but that didn't resonate with me. You know, I needed something more, you know, I needed some kind of connection that I wasn't feeling. And I think if I felt that as a teen, I would have, you know, been a happier person. <laughs> and I feel like a lot of, you know, teens that are struggling with depression, I feel like a lot of it is because they're missing that divine connection, you know? It, it makes perfect sense. It, it's too bad they didn't, you know, well, I know when I was growing up, really, people didn't really even, no one even talked to me about God <laughs> or anything you know we went to church but no one ever even talked to me at least like a lot of children are ways talking yeah. about whatever uh faith that their family is practicing like it was like sex we did not talk about it we went to church my dad carried the cross I always felt love I never felt mm -hmm. love or shame so for me I was really I would look up and see the cross I always felt love and I so that that I feel really grateful for but having that I think yoga really gives you that personal relationship with the divine. And, and again, like you said, wouldn't that be just amazing for teens and because it really helps them love and accept themselves. I think yeah. that's, 
one of the biggest things that helped me, I, I never was sitting back saying, gosh, I, I don't really like myself, but but my actions <laughs> weren't so hot. Yeah, right. <laughs> was, you know, what, you know, now I see is our body is a temple. What I was doing to my body temple is not somebody, something that someone does who loves themselves. And my dating choices were, were not so hot most of the time. <laughs> wow. So I feel like if I had thought, you know, if I had loved myself more, maybe I would have attracted people who, you know, we treated each other better, you know, because if mm -hmm. I was, if I had addictions, I was attracting addict men. And I also wrote a book about that. <laughs> I, have, I have them all here. This is me. This is called The Cheerleader Speaks, What God Taught Me About Men and Myself. I'm sorry. That's oh, not. Oh, there it is. The Cheerleader Speaks. Amazing. And I, that's my husband, Wade. But um, the reason I wrote it was to help other women hopefully find their person sooner than later, because I, I was 39 before I met Wade and got married. And uh, I really wasn't ready, but I wish that I had done some things differently. So it's kind of a funny, it's like a spiritual Bridget Jones's diary. It's, oh, it's cool. funny, it's a little crass. It's a little PG 13. So, <laughs> but um, it does have some, some spiritual deep moments and what I felt like God was trying to teach me. And the most important thing I felt like he was teaching me was to love myself. Yeah. That's what it all comes down to. Right. Yeah. Wow. What a great, oh, this is awesome. So you, so you yeah. went, so you found yoga and then did you go back to Kansas and you opened your yeah, studio? I did. I, um, after living in Santa Monica, I went to Kansas City for a friend's wedding and my birth mom lived there and I had written her letter and long story, she was very like, come on over. So I was just visiting and went and met her and it was great. And a lot of my friends were still there from school, college. So I just decided to stay, which was kind of random, but I eventually, I started teaching yoga on the side I was personal trainer by day, taught yoga at night, but then like a couple years into it, I took kind of a leap of faith with a friend and we opened a studio in 1999. And that was really exciting. My partner taught Bikram, I taught Ashtanga Vinyasa and she also taught them. So we had a lot of fun. We were like the second yoga studio in Kansas City at the time. Now there's about 30, but we had a great, we had a great experience. We worked really hard. And then three years into it, it sounds tragic, but it all worked. It burned down. It actually burned up. Oh, <laughs> I know. And the whole thing, I mean, the investigators, no one could really figure out what happened, but someone said to me, I heard Shiva, you know, the God of death and rebirth. I heard Shiva oh. down on, it was called the yoga gallery. And I was like, Oh, you know, that, that doesn't make it sound so Tragic. So the long story was that I ended up going out on my own and my business partner kept it, moved it and she had a great experience and I moved it and started my own studio called Maya Yoga and it's um, in Kansas City and I did that for 13 years and then I, uh, I did sell it six years ago. My friend owns it now and does an amazing job if you're ever in Kansas City it's called mayayoga.com. And uh, we have, a, they have Ashtanga Vinyasa and they're doing great. Thanks to my friend, Samantha Collinson, who's now the owner. And I actually moved here because my, my Ashtanga yoga teacher, Tim Miller, lives here. 
And okay. my spiritual community called Self-Realization Fellowship uh, was here. Well, it was also in Kansas City, but the, the ashram and temples were here. It was founded by a yogi, a great yogi named Paramahansa Yogananda, who wrote Autobiography of a Yogi. And a lot of people know of that book or have read that book. And he passed in 59, but his, his teachings and this church is for all everyone. It's called the Church of All Religions. So it's mainly meditation. So our, our church was here and my husband and I just, again, just kind of took a leap of faith and um, showed up and, um, and it's been amazing. We live up the hill from the ocean and God's really blessed us. And we've had a really, really amazing experience. Wow. Great. So did you meet your husband in, in Kansas or California? I met him in Santa Monica and okay. then I, he um, was teaching yoga also. So I took him back to Kansas city and we ran the studio together for the last oh, okay. seven years. And he was great because he had a lot of energy. It was newer and he really helped me because I was getting tired. I had done it a long time and uh, you know, you're working as anyone knows who teaches yoga and owns a studio, you work morning, noon, night, weekends, and, and it's the best job I've ever had. I just, I was just really getting tired. I was, you know, mm -hmm. 46. I've been doing it since I was in my late twenties. So, um, but now I'm getting back to teaching at a studio here and I have been doing retreats. This is the picture in the background is where Yes. And I will be teaching an Ashtanga yoga and surfing retreat. In, oh, fun. Yeah. My husband teaches surfing and that's optional. You don't have to surf. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I don't surf, but I like to walk the beach. <laughs> but we'll be in Nasara, um, Costa Rica, the exact week before you are going to be in Aloha. And this was postponed from COVID. So we've, this is, we've been waiting to go back. This will be our third time at the Bodhi Tree Yoga Resort. And it's, it's very beautiful. And it's got seven yoga shalas around the property and it's swimming pools and amazing restaurant. And there's a juice bar. There's, a, there's just a lot to do there. The beach is down the road and there's a cute little town. So we have a lot of fun and we have four spots left. I'm just going to, Oh, okay. I have four rooms left. If anybody's interested, you can see it on my, my website's just my name, kathleencastner.com under retreats and you can right. okay. pictures of the Bodhi tree. And, and we're, we're pretty unstructured with our retreats. We always meditate and do yoga in the morning from like seven to nine. And then you have your days free. You can you know, go to the beach or stay at Sounds the pool nice. or get a massage. Yeah, there's some there's a uh, animal refuge there with the howler monkeys, and there's just lots to do there. So it's really fun. So the days are free, and you can then again you can surf with Wade, and then at night we all have dinner together and meditate before bed. Nice. Yeah. So it, it's simple, but it's fun because it's a it's a way to get out of your daily life and get into nature because I you know Costa Rica is. Just, Oh, it's my favorite. It's just magical. Mm -hmm. like, like this, like this picture. It's the green and the, yeah. green, the blue and the blue. And that looks amazing. That background. Wow. Yeah, the people are just so lovely and kind. I don't know who their parents are. <laughs> <laughs> they are really like exceptional. Wow. I mean, it seems like there's a lot of people like that, that I've taken, you know, have 
moved to Costa Rica or, or even were living there for a long time that there's just so many amazing souls. Yeah, they're very conscious and yeah. they care about the environment. And I, I just think they're, they're so calm. Wow. Calm and peaceful. And to be honest with you, the last time we were there, the world was shutting down with COVID and we just barely like left before everything. And they were still just so, so calm. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, the world's going crazy. We don't know what's happening, but. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was kind of, you know, because their jobs rely on, but you know, they're, they're doing, everything's building back up. Like Amaloa is doing amazing, Bodhi trees, you know, they're all getting all booked up. So it's great. I just got to go to Amaloa in June, like she said, like you said, and it was absolutely incredible. And I can't, it was magical. The, the forest there, the trees, I just, I fell in love with it. I was, oh, I can't wait ocean, to go. Yeah. The ocean's like it. 15 minute drive but that property I knew it was going to be special and it's even way more special than I ever could imagine oh amazing I can't wait to be just sitting in it and yeah you guys are the calmness <laughs> yeah and the, it's all plant-based which I just respect so much chef Pedro is yeah I healed himself of brain cancer and the plant-based diet yeah, he's, he's beyond special. And that was my big reason I wanted to go. I've always wanted someone to open a vegan retreat center. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, tell us about your, your journey with um, vegan, veganism. Oh, sure. I, um, I was vegetarian in my 20s, mainly because I loved animals. I didn't really know too much about it. But unfortunately, I was really pescatarian because I was, I would eat fish once in a while. I just didn't get it, unfortunately. But I went to, this is kind of hard to explain, but I went to a conference that Marianne Williamson had a church, the spiritual writer, outside uh -huh. of Detroit in 2002. And it was a peace conference. And Dennis Kucinich was a senator, I believe, congressman, congressman from Ohio. And he got up on stage and I have no idea why he told us his health story, but he told us his whole health journey, how he had undiagnosed health problems. Nobody could figure out what was wrong with him. So he read a book by John Robbins, the heir to Baskin Robbins, who chose to not take on the family business or the inheritance because he believed in the power of plant-based diets. So he'd written a book called Diet for a New America. So Dennis Kucinich is up there on stage telling us all about Diet for a New America by John Robbins. And I'm in the audience I was vegetarian by then, but I was using an inhaler all the time and I had allergies and I was, I had no idea what was wrong with me either. Wow. And I was like, well, I'm already vegetarian. This is not a big deal. You know, I just take out dairy and eggs. And I went back to Kansas city. And at the time I didn't know anybody. It turns out Victoria Moran, who's a very well-known vegan writer was there and had been vegan for probably 20 years before I was. And I just went back to Kansas City and just did it. And I had had allergies, asthma, acne. And I once I got off dairy and eggs, like everything cleared up. And I, I had no idea I was allergic to dairy. I had had some, uh, this artichoke dip once and I'd had a lot of it. And the next morning I had bumps all over my face. And my friend said, 
that is the mucus and the hormones and the dairy coming through your skin. And I was like, what? Like I'd been to dermatologists, you know, I'd had every topical, just wow. every, you know, you're young with acne. And it, anyway, I had no idea it was from my diet. Nobody asked me what I was eating. And the asthma weight is also from the dairy. So I got off my medicine, I got off the inhaler, my skin cleared up and my whole mm. life changed. So I did initially go vegan for my health because I honestly had no idea what went on in the dairy egg industry and animal cruelty. And then once, and I actually didn't know for a while longer, I, I but once I realized that the mother cows were impregnated against their will to have their babies taken away. I mean, if you watch a video of those poor mother cows crying, it would send anybody, you know, to their knees. She, they don't get to bond at all. They, she sits with, they take her, the babies, and then the girls become dairy cows and the boys become veal. And then they impregnated her again against her will which would be rape in the human industry, human form, because they go up through her rectum to tilt the cervix, the farmer does. And then they do it to her again. And this is her whole horrifying, horrifying life. So whether you like dairy or not, if you care about just the mother-child bond, like that alone was just, I couldn't even believe it. And I met a guy who lived, I think he lived in Scotland and he said, he could hear those mothers crying. He lived near oh a dairy farm. Oh my gosh. And you can, it's all on you. I mean, you can see anything. There's a great YouTube called Dairy is Scary. And they show them just taking those babies out, putting them in wheelbarrows, and they never, never get to see, touch, bye-bye. It's just, it's really probably the most cruel practice of all animal agriculture, in my opinion, because of the mother-baby bond. And then the, I don't like to be a Debbie Downer, but I like, I wish... I wish someone would have told me because that would have been the end. <laughs> and then <laughs> the baby chicks, I think it's France. Someone has just stopped the culling. So all male, the male chicks go into a grinder or are suffocated. There's just conveyor belts of them going down and being ground up because they, they don't use them. They need the girls. And so that practice is finally becoming illegal. I think it was France. It just happened like last week, but I mean, everywhere else in the world, just, you know, it's just like survival of the gender. So it's, it's quite horrifying and people will, you know, really want their eggs. I go, and from a health standpoint, like cholesterol, there really is, eggs have more cholesterol than any food there is. And if you follow the medical medium, Anthony William, he actually goes as far and says, yeah, he says, yeah, eggs. Eat eggs. like the worst yeah. thing you can eat. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he does. He said they breed more bacteria in the body than anything else. And it's so hard for people to understand that unless they really take it out of their diet for a significant amount of time. You know, you can't just say, oh, I tried that for a week or a day, you know, yeah. you know, really pulling dairy and eggs out with me and fish for a whole month and, you know, see how good you feel that the key is just to make sure that you eat enough of the other things that you don't feel like you're not satisfied. Yeah. That's my problem. I, I struggle with I ever, you know, I've struck, like I've been on a journey towards being a vegan for most of my adult life, but it's like, I go in and out, you know, in my twenties, I quit eating beef and pork and then I would only eat chicken. And then 
then, but then, you know, I ended up marrying a man that was like a big steak and potato guy. And I just fell into that again. And, and I wanted to change, but then, so after we got divorced, I was like, I can eat what I want. And I start going on, you know, right path. But then I just, I get burned out. I'm like, I don't know what to eat. And I'm hungry, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. So that's where I struggle is when I'm hungry and I don't know what to eat to, to, to help myself, you know? Yeah, there's fun things. I mean, I, now that I'm older and I do follow the medical medium, like fruit, fruit, and more fruit. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I feel like fruit has the highest prana. I've heard that before, a vibration of any food there is. Fruit is like so perfect. So medical medium really encourages not to have fruit fear because fruit sugar is very yeah, yeah, it's a big fear because we're eating too much fruit, eating too much sugar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's been ingrained in us. Yeah, but it's not the same. It, it doesn't process the same. The sugar, it's not cookies, cakes, and muffin sugar. Right, it's sugar. But for, even for me, I I need more. I don't just eat fruit. I'd be starving too. But the other thing he's really helped me with is eating a ton of potatoes, white potatoes, sweet potatoes, you name it. Potatoes, potatoes, potatoes. So. What I've been doing, you know, for even lunch or a snack is you can cut up sweet potatoes, like little slices of toast. And even Sprouts has them pre-cut in the freezer section in a big bag, but it's much cheaper, is to put some slices of sweet potato toast. You have to toast it like three times, you know, and it's- Okay, uh, yeah, because that takes a while for them to get crispy, yeah. Takes a while and you cut them pretty thin. And then I like to put on avocado or guacamole and some chopped onions. And that's like a great little go-to snack. Mm, that sounds good. Or it can be a meal if you have enough of them with like chopped apple. I really try to have an apple every day um, and bananas and blueberries, but potatoes. And then my body loves grains. So I have no problems. You know, I love brown rice, white rice. I'm gluten-free just because I feel better when I don't eat gluten. So I just, anything I would have eaten that had gluten, I just do rice because just for me, my body actually really likes rice. I love rice too. Yeah. You do? <laughs> yes. I uh, prefer rice over noodles. I always tell people that like, no, I'll have rice, no noodles. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, it's amazing. You cut out, you know, beef and pork because that's super important. They have, you know, pork is really high in uric acid and, and we love pigs more than that. <laughs> and the cholesterol. I mean, even... You know, I, I tell this because in my book about dating, my, my third grade boyfriend's already died of a heart attack at 50. And it was his first heart attack. It wasn't like a warning heart attack. So um, wow. I didn't, when I wrote the book, but I'm just like, heart attacks aren't for seniors. You know, heart attacks, I have friends whose husband have died in their 40s of heart attacks. So mm -hmm. even if someone looks pretty good on the outside, if and a lot of them are really fit too, but if their diet, if they're eating a lot of animals and high fat and a lot of oil, even too much vegan, you know, I mean, chips, Oreos, and Coca-Cola are all vegan. <laughs> so, <laughs> vegan. so just having too much fat can increase your cholesterol, can block your arteries to into your brain, you know, all kinds of, you know, you can have a stroke. So it's good to help young people establish healthy eating habits so because we are just literally bombarded with junk yes <laughs> we are junk. I mean growing up I, I remember in high school what I ate for lunch was a soda I think it was Dr. Pepper and uh, Reese's Pieces I love it <laughs> 
I was right behind you with a Diet Coke, hot tamales, hot tamales and a roll. <laughs> it was just so much easier to get food out of the machine, you know, and just, it was social time at lunch. It wasn't, I wasn't trying to care about my body or anything. And I think about that and I'm like, oh my gosh. I know. I was always exercising, but my diet needed a lot of love. <laughs> And, and I grew up in a total, my, my family is still very much not vegan, but my dad did die of a heart attack at 67, his first one. He died in his sleep. And so he had type, wow. two, type two diabetes from his diet. And I tried, but he, you know, he'd be in his, he'd be about 85 now. So he was very old school and that's what he grew up with. And, and he drank a lot. He was very nice though, but his friends, you know, their generation, yeah. they they drank a lot and that yeah. that'll kill you too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um so my family I have an aunt and uncle who are vegan because my uncle had to for his heart and they're doing really good um but if anybody ever needs any swap out for anything that you're eating because when you think about it we're only taking out meat dairy eggs and fish that's only four things and if you think of how many plants and colors of fruits, vegetables, grains, beans, tofu, tempeh, nuts, seeds, like it's, it's like art, you know, yeah, you're right. all the colors and all the phytonutrients. And there's just so much, um, there's so much vitality and life force in plant-based foods, you know, and they all, they don't have any cholesterol. Sometimes people don't understand that. Wow. And, and they um, have a ton of fiber to help pull out the waste and keep keep the colon clean and your arteries clean. And, and then animal products are the opposite. They have high cholesterol and, and have zero fiber. So they tend to do the opposite for us. So I really, in my heart of hearts, feel like the whole food system paradigm is shifting for whether it's your health or the animals or mother earth. I mean, you know, Turkey's on fire right now. Costa Rica was flooding. Like there's all kinds of unfortunate yeah. you know natural disasters happening happening and animal agriculture is one of the leading causes of yeah. greenhouse gas emissions so you know it just depends what speaks to you there's so many documentaries i mean what the health is my pretty much my number one one for health including forks over knives um let's see cowspiracy is for the environment that's amazing so is the game changers that's for health yeah i've seen that one. Oh, you have oh good mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and then joaquin phoenix narrates some pretty um powerful films about the animals earthlings is the big one um and there's another one called unity but i think those films have just done like <laughs> miracles for people yeah so, oh I, yeah they have. i've heard people changing yeah, I, I'll read these comments online, what inspired them to go vegan or plant-based. And it is almost always one of these mm -hmm. documentaries. So I encourage people, because really now more than ever, the information's there where it wasn't so readily available when we were younger. And there's right. so many people um, advocating for animals and the planet and health you know, there's a huge whole foods plant-based diet movement um starting with rip esselstyn who was a firefighter at, was it austin i, I don't know <laughs> uh, i have to, i think it's austin i think so i think that's where he's based but his 
dad. Uh, is he the one, um, is he on that Netflix show? Yes, he's had, well, they've had tons of, um, I guess, notoriety in the press. I mean, his dad is a plant-based cardiologist, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, ripped the firefighter, and the Engine 2 diet was, is the Engine 2 firehouse? I think it is Austin. And he helped, he was a Ironman, plant-based Ironman, and helped his firehouse, you know, go vegan, because it was the same thing. A lot of young guys with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, but he, you know, he grew up with it. His family is amazing, and they are real, they're not, you know, they're very, no oil, they're whole foods plant-based, you know, they're not wow. eating vegan junk food like, like I am occasionally, you know. I mean, they're real purists, but they have like literally saved thousands of lives with their, wow. with their program and, and their website. Oh, amazing. Diet.com. Lots of free content. Same with ForksOverKnives.com. Tons of free content. Okay. My YouTube channel, all free. Like just recipes, recipes, recipes. For yeah. Me, that's I feel like that's what helps people the most is just showing them how to cook great food. Yes, that's definitely me because I don't like to cook that much. And so if it gets too complicated, I just, I, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. So. And just make a lot. That's my encouragement. Yeah. Make a lot of whatever you're making. So you have it for two or three days. You know, that's yeah. kind of yeah. When I met my husband, he was already vegan, which was another miracle. He had had cancer and changed his whole life changed his diet. And so he is a great cook. So I'm really lucky. We share the cooking. We had a vegan wedding in Santa Monica 13 years ago um, with all of, I'm from Kansas, he's from Wisconsin. So um, we, we had amazing food, a beautiful cake with, you know, buttercream frosting. It was all vegan with coconut and pineapple and veggie lasagna. And everybody really loved the food, you know, wow. we didn't yeah. come out and say this is a vegan wedding, but you know, that's what it was. And so we saw people talk about the food. So I just think everything can be veganized, especially now. So yes, definitely. I, I went to a retreat in Hawaii four years ago and it was all vegan too. And I was just amazed that I liked everything. I was like, oh my gosh, I, if somebody could cook this for me every day, it would be so easy <laughs> to eat this way every day. Yeah. You can find like five to 10 good recipes and just alternate those. Yeah. And then think of them, email me and I'll give you some more. Cause I, I love trying like on my um, cooking channel right now, my YouTube channel, my two new favorites, which are new for me in the last couple months, uh-huh. is, uh, an orange cauliflower, which I put over rice and I add tofu. I just, it's like, Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. And uh, a crab cake that's made with hearts of palm and chickpeas, so so no crab. Ooh. Injured, but and they're pretty easy. So those are two of my newest favorites. And um, you know, Mexican's really easy because you can get a can of vegetarian refried beans, a tortilla, yeah. some salsa, some avocado, onions, lettuce. You're good to go. You can make a burrito, a tostado. Yeah, you're right. That is easy things like that pasta with red sauce and veggies but mm-hmm. I did not like cooking until I was like 40 <laughs> so I've only been cooking for the last 10 years and mm-hmm. um yeah I actually love it because I 
it's so it's really creative and fun and I like good food and I like to eat at home as much as possible mm -hmm. wow I, yeah so you'll, you'll get the hang of it Sharon yeah, I know I know I will I know that I'm getting there because I is that I'm at the point where I feel like I, I keep going back and forth like I step over into the other world and then I come back because I'm scared and then I go back in there. But now I know it's like my body is, is craving it. It's not my mind anymore. It's just like my body, like you need to do this now. So I'll get there. And I, I'm so thankful that I found you and wow, you have given so many good resources in this short time we've been talking. I'm so yeah, I'd love to help anybody just for free <laughs> you have so to amazing. Help, uh, swap and leaning into it is what a lot of people do. i mean some people just dive in and, and it's over and some people lean and then it's like you said your body really tells you what it wants and mm -hmm. uh, and once you know you know learn the swap outs you can do all kinds of baking and there's there's lots of different vegan butters now new balance is probably a new balance has the running shoe sorry earth, earth balance <laughs> earth balance yeah i have a vegan butter i think it's something with an f oh oh forgot what i got it at sprout i think oh see. yeah and it's and it's pretty so good many. yeah there's so many and i actually don't i do try to be more whole foods plant-based now i will use some oil occasionally but um i do saute everything with just water garlic and if i do garlic and onions it's just water so i uh, occasionally a dessert will need some oil but if you follow forks are over knives like i'm making this carrot cake saturday for my channel and it's completely oil free sweetened with dates so no refined sugar so again once you know the tricks and follow these these recipe creators that are just amazing mm -hmm. you can really make it very very healthy vegan yay i'm excited okay i'm gonna start i'm gonna put i'm gonna my goal is to try one new recipe a week and then see where I go from there. But yeah, I am so thankful to for you. And wow, this has been great. Oh, well, thanks. I'm going to, I'll put all your, your, your links. If you want to send me your links to your uh, retreat, yes. it sounds amazing. If I had the time, I'd be like, man, maybe I'll just go to her retreat, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, my first. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be amazing if I could put that in, but um, your retreat and your your YouTube channel and your books. Where can we get your books? Sure, they're on my website and on Amazon.com. So I'll send you two links to that. Okay. And um, I might give you a couple of vegan links if that's okay. Also. Yeah, definitely. Some of my favorite other websites that might be able to help people. And again, if anybody listening, watching, ever needs any help, just shoot me an email from my website and. I love to help in any way because it, it definitely, it, for me, going vegan was literally the single best thing like I could have done for my health. And now I realize for the animals and Mother Earth. So it's just your choices really do save lives. They help the planet. And, and you know, everybody just thinks, well, I'm just one person, but it really does. And, and sharing your delicious food with your friends and family and potlucks and holidays, it's it really inspires and encourages people to, to at least include more plant-based foods. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Be the, being the change, inspiring people to, to see how happy you are and they want to make that change too. That's great. Yeah. All right, Kathleen, I'm going to say thank you for being here in our episode 31 of Soul Quest. We've really enjoyed this and I can't wait to share it. Thank you, Sharon. I 